Welcome back to the Dark House on the Hill. This week, our horror topic is the John Carpenter remake, The Thing, from 1982. This is a remake of a movie from the 50s, I believe. Is that correct? Uh, kind of a remake. It's also kind of like a reinterpretation, because it's based off a book, Who Goes There? Yeah. And, uh, which... Wait, so is the original... So The Thing from Another World is based is off based this on book. based on this, okay. From, and I think, I want to say the book is from the 30s. Okay. Um, and then... It's weird because it's like if you take both of those movies, the thing from another world, and you take this movie, the thing, it's kind of a pretty steady adaptation of the book. Because the way the book goes is that it starts off, they find a creature in the ice and they cut it out, and it's an alien. It's got three eyes, uh, talons, it's purple, like it's an obvious alien, and then to kill it. So that's kind of like the thing from another world. That's there's no. Um, it doesn't like try to reinterpret itself or imitate humans. Yeah. It's just, just an alien, alien monster. Yeah. Um, and then they kill it. And the, this is going back to the book. And then they kill it. And then it basically infects like the dogs and it affects the people. So then we get this interpretation, John Carpenter's version out of that, that other half of the book. Okay. So this original movie doesn't have the whole at all. It doesn't have the, um, the like taking over. No, it has okay. nothing it's to like do with literally like imitating. Just, was it literally just an alien that's walking around the base? Like, yeah. It's an alien monster. movie. Okay. All right. And then we also have a third interpretation that came out actually just a few, few years ago at this point, 2011. Yeah. Starring, uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, I believe. And then Joel Ed Edgerton. Yeah. Oh, he was in it. Yeah. And, uh, what's his name? There's the a lot of big, people. Yeah. Big red beard from uh, game of Thrones. Yeah. He's in there. Uh, oh, isn't the guy from nine other teen movie in that as well? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, he's from, uh, he's Lloyd from, uh, the dumb and dumber. The prequel. Dumber prequel. Yeah. So it's a pretty decent. Did you guys then, see this? Not Dumb and Dumber. What's the prequel to Dumb and Dumber? It's Dumb and Dumber. When Harry met Lloyd. Yeah. When Harry, yeah. And then you also got Mr. Echo from Lost. He's also in it. Is he wow. really? Yeah. Did you, they, guys, did you guys watch this movie? No, I did not see this. This is okay. like one of those movies that's like because the thing, uh, John Carpenter's the thing is like one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. And it's like I kind of consider it a masterpiece, and I refuse to see the prequel. I just watched the thing for the podcast uh, a couple nights ago, and then last night I sat down. And I was gonna rent this version, the, the the prequel. Yeah, the prequel. Yeah. And I was gonna rent it, and I just I thought about it, and I was like, man, I don't want to ruin. I still just I just watched the thing. I was like, I don't want to ruin it with this. Yeah, and... I still don't really want to like waste my. I don't think it's gonna be a waste of time, but I don't don't want to tarnish. Yeah. Like the thing. I don't think it's gonna tarnish it because it's its own story. And yeah. It, I I could see if it was a sequel, you could be like, oh man, no, it ended off the way it was perfect that way. But as a prequel, I feel like they'd be like, all right, it's the same story, but this was what happened before. Yeah. I feel like that's what the prequel okay. is. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, I just, um, yeah, I'm, I am. I'm super nervous to check it out. Now I know it's not as bad as like the Fog remake. Oh dear God. Um, but I know a lot of people are upset about this, so I'm. I know watching, I'm not going to be in love with it. Okay. Well, I think that I we have talked about doing that at a, a further uh, date, doing a podcast on that movie. But let's stick with the 1982 remake. Um, I'm gonna start it off. Special effects. Oh, they're they're top notch. Oh man, they're all on point. Yeah. What's your favorite special effect in this movie? I would actually probably say I know you think it's goofy, but the Palmer blood test scene. Okay. The only okay. This um the only reason I think it's goofy. It's the only bad effect for me in the movie. I love it still. Is uh, <clears throat> he grabs windows right? Mm-hmm. 
and he and he picks his body up straight up into the sky, and the body is obviously like a dummy body. Yeah, like the knees are bending the opposite way, and it's like just there's a, no spine, and it's just a way to show how powerful or the thing is carrying a human body. You're swinging it around basically with its like mouth. Yeah, yeah, basically, and it just comes off as really fake. <laughs> so I, it doesn't ruin it though. I don't no, I, I don't think. No, it is. no, it doesn't. I would say if I had to pick my favorite. Um, the defibrillator scene is probably my yeah, favorite because like that moment is so intense and you got um you got kurt russell sitting in the corner of the flamethrower he's got everybody you know like under watch and then all of a sudden this comes out of nowhere like it's so unexpected and it looks so damn good as yeah. well i think my favorite would have to be the the very kind of like the first effect we get the dog is the dog yeah because the dog's just sitting there on the ground and its head just splits into four and it's like a, it's almost like it's a, like a f- flower. Yeah, it's like a flower, and then this thing comes out. And but it's, it's, it's like another so dog, right? Another dog comes out of the dog. I, I don't. It's like a a pod or, thing. Sorry, it's no, like it's a like a thing yeah, comes out of it. Yeah, head. it's like a ten, like a alien tentacle. Or whatever. Yeah, but it's just so like seamless. Like you can't even tell that it's gonna like if you really watch it. It's like a dog head. You don't even. You can't even tell it's like gonna split. I, I when I watched it the other night, I actually thought that I was like, wait, is that the actual dog or is that? And then it happened. I was like, oh, that wasn't the dog at all. I was like, yeah, was really good looking. So it, the effects are done by Rob Bottin. Okay. And he was like 20, I, I'm paraphrasing this, but he was 13. He was 13 <laughs> Give me a old. job! <laughs> you like, got it, it's the 80s. <laughs> he was like 20-something when he did this. And this was like his big like claim I mean, to fame. Wow, yeah, congratulations. What else yeah. did he work on? Um, A ton of movies. Uh, I want to say he did The Fly. Oh, one really? of his. That what? makes sense. Yeah, it's another reimagining of a classic. Yeah. He's also done the effects for Piranha. He did the effects for The Fog. Ooh. He did effects for the Howling, okay. Which was the Howling was another one that was big for him, um, and then he did the Howling before he did the thing. Then he did the, the third segment, the Twilight Zone movie. He did Legend. Which, which one's the third segment? It's the plane, isn't it? No, no, the plane's the fourth one. It's uh, gotta be the the it's kid. The car- yeah, it's the kid one. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I guess so. And then he did Explorers, Legend. Oh, weird. Well, what was his last what? movie? What was the last thing he worked on? Robo. Oh, listen, to this. Interspace, Robocop, Whoa. Total Recall. Basic Total inst- Recall, no way. Basic in- Instinct. He did uh, the infamous uh, crime yeah. scene. <laughs> <laughs> no, he did Seven, Mission Impossible, Dang, Mimic. Dude, he's got a lot of credits. Fight Club, and his last credit was Serving Sarah. <laughs> was it really? <laughs> yeah, in two thousand two. Oh no, I don't think he passed. No, he didn't pass. He just, I guess, his last movie. Wait, was Serving what? Sarah. Okay, I remember seeing Serving Sarah starring Matthew Perry and Elizabeth Hurley. Yeah, I don't um, know this. Bruce Campbell's in it too. If, if I yeah, yeah, because isn't he like originally Elizabeth Hurley's husband? I'm not sure. It's been you remember a lot about this movie, Matt. Why don't you I go do, ahead? I'm just <laughs> so his last credit was 2002. Yeah, I don't remember a lot of. Uh, he must have retired or something. Yeah, yeah, it's very possible. Well, I want to go back to something because you were just talking about the dog. I want to give extreme kudos to the dog trainers on this movie. There's pretty, yeah, this it is, is some of the, so good. This is some of the best dog acting I've ever seen. <laughs> Dude, yeah, I was gonna say when that dog is getting sprayed with whatever, I was like, man, that's oh, the, like, that's uh, that be. was that was like, I was like, that's got to be against some kind of regulation. Just, that's yeah. borderline abuse, but yeah. like, just like the way the dog would like creep into a room and it would stop, like just like looking out the windows and everything. And that's why, and I don't want to. I feel like this is kind of a broad topic, but when I saw the reactions of the dogs and the way they were trained. I was like, okay, it, this isn't just John Carpenter's film because obviously 
you got the dog trainers, you got the actors, the cinematography, yeah. the music. Like this is just a collaboration of so many talented oh, people. Yeah, yes. it's just like where it just all clicked everywhere. Yeah, and that's why I get kind of bummed because John Carpenter's name is the one above it. So I mean, it is his project. I get it, but I feel like so many people are left. You know, they don't get the gratitude they, sh- they sure. deserved. Sure. Yeah, but you know, because he did now the thing the way Carpenter's career kind of seems like it works is because he puts his name above the title, he's able to do the next movie. Because the thing in '82 did not do well at all. No, it was no. actually I think it was considered a bomb. Was it? A, was oh, this a summer release? Uh, Roger Ebert apparently uh, panned the hell out of it. Really? He said it was just a terrible movie. Well, everyone thought it was gross and disgusting, and they're like, it's, "Well, that's because it came after uh, Extraterrestrial." Steven Spielberg. Yeah, it came after. It, this was a summer release, wasn't it? It came out. The, I think it came out a couple weeks after ET. Yeah. Okay. So people, okay. Were, all the families were going to see this alien movie. You know about family and alien or whatever. They probably just weren't interested in seeing like a R rated. Or maybe there was just too much alien that year. People said, I already, I already saw an alien movie. It was called yeah. ET. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Which sucks because it's just like, and it, this movie would like kill if. I mean, this is basically like the vertigo, right? The vertigo effect. What's that? What's that? Like Alfred Hitchcock's vertigo. Like yeah. When that was in theaters, like people panned the hell out of it. And so oh, it was, like, really? His worst movie that he should stop directing, basically. And now it's like considered like one of the it's like, his best. It's like considered the most. Like one of the biggest masterpieces of in cinema. Yeah, it, it like beats out Psycho in a lot yeah. of top ten lists. It's kind of there's the same effect with uh, It's a Wonderful Life. Mm. Complete bombed the theaters, and it wasn't. I'm, I'm this is rough, but it wasn't until like 10, 15 years later that they started showing it on TV, and people were like, "Oh, this movie's really good." Yeah, and then it started picking up, and then it became a tradition. Well, the story behind It's a Wonderful Life um, is that it was a clerical error. Like, they forgot to put the rights on the movie. Oh. So then, like, the rights were open, and it was it was stuck in public domain. So all these TV channels, like, ate it up, threw it on That's their, right, yeah. The, they presented it as a Christmas movie, mm-hmm. and it got big based off of that. I forgot about that, yeah. Huh. Same thing with Night of Living Dead. Night of Living Dead mm-hmm. was another one where they forgot to put copyright. And it's literally like this. They forgot to put the copyright underneath the title of Night of Living Dead when they show the credits. No way. Yeah, and because they did that, everybody ate it up. Drive-in movies. Yeah, uh, okay. Uh, movie theaters. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think Romero made anything off of it, like, profit-wise. Oh, really? I don't know. No, well, that, because that if be his right, name, yeah. if he's not... If it, if it's going to the public domain, you can't make money off that, right? No, I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. So okay. I don't I don't know. I, I don't work for public domain. But, but it's been... It was up... I, th- I want to say it's been in public domain and up until, like, the last, like, couple of years... Yeah, because you can like basically acquire it for free, right? It still is. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah, you can because um, there's a bunch of remakes online, and like everybody's that's remaking it. Cause you you can remake it without the oh. any cost. Okay. Yeah, I wonder if that's also why there's like a couple cover uh, albums of the soundtrack, like reinterpretations of the soundtrack. Maybe that's also why. I don't oh, know. really? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that could be right because I guess everything, if it's not copyrighted, I guess everything that is in that movie, sure, could be in public domain. Okay. But I think because John Carpenter has his name above the title of the thing it's a way to like copyright it's like, a it's a way to stamping yeah. like the seal of approval yeah and it's a way for him to like put his name out there um i mean you never and then he can make the next cards. movie yeah you know what i mean like and then what comes after what comes after 82 like i think it's star big trouble in little china no star, oh, star man star man and then big trouble little china they yeah live. and he's able to kind of get all these like He's able to be like a powerhouse name because his name's above a title of his own movie. Yeah, and those title cards are pretty like iconic. I feel like. Yeah, because yeah. if it's, I, I, I would like to see how his career would have played out if his name wasn't above the Halloween title, wasn't above the thing. Yeah, wasn't above Escape from New York. Well, that's weird because like, why doesn't Spielberg do stuff like that? And 
he and you don't because you don't see like oh we're going to see Steven Spielberg's hook. Or but Steven you know what? Spielberg's they, always. But they did do his name with presents. So like Back to the Future was Steven Spielberg presents or like Amazing. Well, yeah, stories. but he didn't direct those. No, he didn't. But yeah. because his name was there, yeah, like you would you, yeah. people would flock to because like oh it's like a, it sounds stupid, but sometimes people are dumb and they think <laughs> that like. Because their name's above it, they're like, oh, it's a Steven Spielberg, Steven Spielberg movie. Oh, my God. That was like in the early 2000s when Quentin Tarantino, it's like, oh, he did a martial arts Iron Monkey. Yeah. Oh, it was and like, the same thing was, because um, I remember buying or Hero. Hero because yeah. it said Quentin Tarantino presents Hero. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, I got to head up for the collection. It's Tarantino. And it was like, oh, he just kind of like said, hey, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I really like this movie. It's good. Oh, no, I did it recently. Was that a horrible uh, Tarantino? really bad. <laughs> I did it with uh, Free Fire because Free Fire was, was Free Fire. Was that movie that was executive produced by Martin Scorsese? It was one of my my oh the the, kill, the Killing yeah. Murphy one okay yeah yeah uh, and I picked uh, like I I kind of sought it out because his name was above it and I was like that's interesting well, to that's, see his name under that's just your fault at this point because you have all the resources at your hands to find out who directed this movie no I'm just I didn't think he directed it but I wanted to figure out why he produced it gotcha or but, why he's presenting because people are like we're pretty yeah, much saying that we're suckers for this like if it came out and said. Bono presents Bad Grandpa. I'm like, well, I have to see this movie. Bono I'm not wasting this movie. <laughs> then I know I don't have to waste my time. Oh, cool. Okay. Good talk. Yeah. Um, but no, I feel like people are, like, we're suckers for it as well. We just explained it. Yeah. That if their name's attached, we're going to be like, all right. So maybe that was JC. It was JC. That's what I call that's him true. when we hang out. <laughs> was John Carpenter a name at this point? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, because after Halloween, Halloween dude. Well, yeah, I guess, Dark, but I mean, Dark, was, Dark Star, Assault and Precinct 13, and then... Uh, Escape Hall from New York. No, Halloween was the uh, claim, oh, wow. claim to fame, and then... But after Escape Halloween, was he still riding that train up? Escape from New York, okay. classic. But I mean, it's thing. classic now, but at the time, I don't think it was big. I, I think mean, he got... Okay, the reason why he makes Starman is because the thing bombs. Yeah. And I don't think his name is above the title on Starman. I don't think it is either. I don't think it is. I think he basically he didn't even do the music for it either. He did. He, he did nothing but direct the movie. Yeah. He even ta- I think he even talked about. It. He's like, this is a movie that I just did to make know, money, so yeah. he can make the next movie, which would have been um, Big Trouble in Little China, right? Eighty three or eighty yeah, four? Eighty six, probably. Uh, yeah, Big Trouble in Little China, and then after that's They Live, Prince of Darkness, and then he hits the nineties. Well, and then, then then it's an Invisible uh, Memoirs, Invisible Man, Memoirs, yeah. Yeah, so it's like he's doing certain career moves to make the movies he really wants to make. Not to say that Starman's a bad movie, not to say that he didn't want to make it. It just Starman. doesn't have that style or that uh Oh my bad Sorry. feel. What's um I, I totally screwed up. What's after this is Christine. Nope. Yeah. No, sorry. No. Not it wasn't about Starman, it was about That's Christine. Right. Christine yeah, is yeah, the yeah. one he did to get money. Basically, to get yeah. money for yeah. another movie. And if you listen over on our Brother podcast, Cinema Cult. We sister covered podcast. I don't know, brother or sister? No, it's sister. Our father podcast, no. uh, Cinema Cult. Our, our sexy cousin podcast. Oh, there you go, <laughs> Cinema Cult. Our kissing cousin. Our kissing cousin. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I do want to bring up. There's a lot of fading in between scenes in this yeah, movie. Yeah, I that. What is the reason behind this? Dude, I feel I like I, thinking... I feel like I know what it is, or at least my interpretation. But what do you guys? Passage think? of time. I mean, I, I mean, that's the default answer, but just to show how much time has passed. But I totally wrote it in my notes because going in, I was thinking that does that fade mean like that's when that person gets infected? Sure. Well, there's like, a lot. I think the fading personally is they're not showing you the full scene. So when something's getting ready to happen, it kind of fades like, oh, this is going to happen. And then we're going to take you out of it. Sure. So it's up to your interpretation. Yeah. 
I mean, I could be wrong, but that's the way it plays off because it only fades when it seems like something's kind like of something about to happen. Suspicious, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, actually, there was a good fade, Matt. You were um, talking about the scene with the door, which we do not know. Oh, this is okay. not confirmed. But yeah. Matt, go ahead and tell your. So, okay, but this yeah. will have to lead into the question: Is okay. This is where we're going to start speculating the conspiracy theory. Is is McCready infected at the end of this movie? Yeah, which I, I do. I want to save that whole topic at the end. That's fine. Because... Okay, then I'm going to save the door thing for the end, too. Okay, that's fine. So stay tuned for the end of the podcast. <laughs> now, okay, so with these people, do they know they're affected? That's that, what I'm kind of confused that, on. That, I'm pretty sure, is like the defense mechanism I think the doctor talks about. Uh, is it Fuchs? Okay. He kind of talks about like defense mechanism or something. They don't, I thought they talked about it at some point in the movie. Uh, I, I think they do talk about it. Now I oh, do. Oh, McCready talks about it in his big speech where it's like you defend yourself when you're under attack, basically. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm almost positive it's like, oh, when he's talking about it's split, when it's like it's split up into separate creatures, and that, yeah. that's why they do the blood test because he knows that like it'll find like, out defend itself if it's yeah. attacked in any yeah. capacity. And so I'm pretty sure um, it becomes so like a perfect copy of that human host. Okay. That doesn't even know it's the thing anymore. So okay, oh, okay. Cool. to back up yours, uh, your what are you saying? Your statement, and that's why like when Doc is using the paddles is on Copper. Norris, Copper's yeah, Copper. yeah, Copper's using the paddles on Norris to to revive him. The reason why it eats his arms is because it thinks it's getting attacked. Yeah, yeah, not the shocks basically. Yeah, it shocks it, and that's why it like nice. eats, Yeah, I guess I never made, made that connection. No, I just made it just now when you were talking about. I just that. made it up just now. So that's why, like, <laughs> and that's why it splits into two. And also, it is kind because, of because yeah, it, so like it kind of like asked that no, the the next question is like, does it is it just trying to survive or is it actually trying to kill these people? I think okay. The way the book plays out, and now this is what's gonna it's gonna you're, go against what you just said. Yeah, you have a pro. You're the pro in this, so this field. So in the book, they talk about like even McCready says this. He says that he doesn't even know if he's the thing. Okay. So it's like to a point where when they're doing they do the blood test and they kill off people doing the blood test. Yeah. Because the people don't even know that they're the thing, and when they do, now the how blood, do they how do they kill them off in in the book? Does it because it, it doesn't they take just place in the... any any means necessary? Okay. Like they, because... it's kind of weird. It's just it kind of just um in a form of like literature it kind of cuts okay like it'll be like somebody saying something and then, and then it'll be like and then five minutes later the body was on the ground like okay that kind of way so i listened to the audio drama of who goes there okay and it's more of like an updated tale where they actually use flamethrowers oh okay so it's like in the style of the old kind of like whatever but they're using like modern technology it seems like yeah so but yeah it's like the same thing where it's like um i'm sorry what were we talking about <laughs> yeah no, i mean like <laughs> i go on these tangents and they kind of <laughs> i know dude we go we go out there but like it talks about like they don't know if they're the thing or not yeah okay like, there they don't go. know if they're infected yeah and what's a weird thing too about the book is that there's close to 30 people in the camp yeah and there's some yeah there's definitely some new ones or ones that are uh combined into different character into one character for the, the movie and that's yeah. what i do like about this movie is rewatching because i haven't seen it in a few years is that there are so many characters in it. It's it's not like oh here's four or five people. It's like the perfect amount because they all have screen time. They all have yeah. the proper amount of dialogue. Yeah. And it's not like really the only the Norwegians are the only ones, but that's because they have like another story that happened before this movie. Yeah, and well, I would have been totally fine with thirty people because that would have been even more chaotic. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think many... that's what they tried doing in the the prequel. Uh, oh, is there a lot of twenty eleven? There's like a lot of people. Is there? Yeah. Okay. So what's up with Kurt Russell and the Dookie draws he keeps throwing around? Like, why is he oh. always touching him? Oh, that is really weird, dude. Dude, like in the very <laughs> opening scene, they're like, yeah, and someone left this in the kitchen garbage. 
and he like picks it up and i'm like dookie like <laughs> long johns yeah yeah is it actually dirty underwear or is it just the torn clothing it's, well it depends no, it's on long how johns. it's long okay. johns so it depends on how you wear it you could wear it as underwear you could I wear can't. it as <laughs> yeah well it's not working <laughs> Nalls comes up and he says he says somebody threw this away in the trash can in the kitchen earlier, garbage in the kitchen garbage yeah. earlier in the movie okay and then, for some reason, Kurt Russell plays with it for the rest of the movie. <laughs> so it's like, if I throw away my underwear in, like, yeah, in like this apartment... Hands. And, and then like, during this podcast, I was playing with it, and I'm like, you know, the thing about this movie... You're like, you're playing with my Hanes. Like, <laughs> my, it's like during that scene my when he's, like, briefs, when like, he's like, recording the, the message, he's like playing around with it, and then he picks up the microphone, brings it close to his mouth, and he's like, <laughs> oh, man, come on. Yeah. No. Um, so I, there's only one person in this movie that's seen wearing long johns, is it Childs? Yeah, and it's Childs when they're watching the the game show. Yeah, and they're smoking weed. So Childs, oh, okay. Childs is the culprit. Yeah, so Childs at this point could be twenty six year old Childs. Yeah, by the way, he's like how old is he in this movie? He's like twenty five or twenty six. He's only twenty five. David. Yeah, we made jokes throughout because we watched this movie together. This guy looks like a man's man in this in this movie. But the yeah. thing is, is he stays that age from like twenty six oh, to like yeah. fifty one, all the way to the nice guys, which is like two years ago. Oh, I forgot he was in that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm just want to say this. Though. I did not look like this when I was 25. Oh, my God. I don't think any of us look like this when no, we were 25. No. And no. how old is Kurt Russell in this? Uh, we said like 30, 31. Yeah, he's like 30, 31. Which is crazy because like you guys are 31, 32. And I wish I looked was good looking. Yeah. Like Kurt I wish that any of us looked like Kurt Russell. Back <laughs> um, to hair and his beard. So I want to bring this up, too. Like I was thinking about this. I was like, what if... Uh, I want to say this out that we're going to do hashtag. What if Zach Efron played Snake Plissken? Oh, wait, where is this? Coming? I'm going to say, what do you what do you guys think about this? Like Zach Efron, I mean, if he played Snake Plissken, I've, I've had this conversation with a buddy of mine, but Zach Efron's kind of had this like resurgence. Yeah, yeah. Like being in high school music, like, oh, that guy's a total dork or, you know, like, right. He's but a, now he's like, oh, Zach Efron, like when he pops in movies now, I'm like, awesome okay i'm going with this somewhere but he's kind of a pretty boy right he's the leonardo dicaprio of today's like modern like cinema or whatever okay okay so where i'm going with this is that kurt russell was technically the zach efron of like the 60s and the 70s yeah he was he was a disney boy and he was really he was a was pretty boy the computer who wore tennis shoes is that yeah him? yeah uh barefoot executive okay. like he made all these like pretty boy disney movies now he's and like then, gritty then he pops up and here he is in the thing. That's very interesting. And they're kind of weird to look at it that way. So it's like, well, that good. But it's like, imagine like Zac Efron playing Snake Plissken. You'd be like, oh, this is stupid. He's trying to act like a hard ass. Like, yeah, well, Kurt Russell did the same thing in 30 years ago. Well, that actually, I I did have another question as far as, so say this movie gets remade, like this actual movie, no prequel or anything. Okay. Who plays the role that Kurt Russell played? I wrote down. You got a joke? Yeah. You got First one that popped in my head was Tom Green. <laughs> oh, God. Like, well, you just don't know if he's a thing or if he's just being himself. Or, yeah. or like, he puts the skin on of somebody else they just killed. And he's oh. Like, oh. I'm Wilford Brimley. That movie sucks. What? What? That, okay, you, you want to watch something amazing <laughs> just watch matt watch that movie oh, matt god Dude, that movie. pretty bad i mean we're talking about is freddie got fingered yeah it's, it's definitely got some bad parts coming to, to a dark house near you <laughs> <laughs> i wrote down leonardo dicaprio i could see leo with long hair and a beard and oh yeah i could see yeah, him yeah. totally playing the mccready i mean that's because you just watched revenant yeah i've never seen yeah the text was all the way i've never cold. seen revenant so 
Um, and he does I, climb into a, a horse at some point. So it's really? like, you're kind of there. Okay. Maybe you can be the Tom Green of this movie that you have. <laughs> Maybe Leo could play Tom Green in the documentary <laughs> about the Thing remake. <laughs> it has to be somebody kind of younger, I feel like. It can't be somebody like Gerard Butler, who they've been trying to get for this. Oh, actually, Gerard Butler, I could totally see. No, no, he sucks. No, I think he's good. I think he just picks bad movies. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I don't, don't think he's a bad actor at all. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we'll say that for another time. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> you know, I would have to go with somebody older, like some somebody who can who's in the middle a little. Oh, bit. like um, the, the guy from Nebraska, the dad. Um, <laughs> oh, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Char- uh Dern. Yeah, right? Dern. Um, is that is it's Laura, Ch- Chucky Laura, Dern? Chucky Dern. It's, it's Laura Dern's dad. Yeah, Chucky Dern. Okay, so my pick is for as far as like an actor, I would love to see somebody like Brian Cranston. Like, Ooh, Brian, Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston. All right, that's a pretty good one. I could. Yeah. I don't know. I think he's too old for the role, though. I I think he could pull. It, I, now I think like he could be good as the child's uh role. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, playing child or Blair. Like kind of get that moment to go crazy. Yeah. Oh yeah. He like, can play. He can play good crazy. Yeah. And he'd be kind of like the like going the seeing villain the, seeing the transition. Yeah. Oh, I like that idea. Okay. I see Brad Pitt. I feel like Brad Pitt could do as the, uh, now. Or? I can yeah. see Brad Pitt now too because he looks a little bit rugged. We yeah. kind of made this ruggeder. joke about ruggeder. 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 We kind of made the joke about uh, cans. It was just cans, but I could see Keanu Reeves as McCready. Oh, that'd be cool. That'd be fun. Yeah. He can grow that hair out. Grow a nice beard. Yeah, he do, and he can still play the thirty-year-old. Yeah, dude. Yeah, he looks, he's he's a good-looking dude. The vampire. Yeah. All right. So now the big question, the one that's going to end this off: Who is infected at the end? Is it Childs or McCready? Well, or is it neither? Yeah, you basically have just by the end, there's two of them left, and it's Kurt Russell and Keith David. Yes. And, and Child, they, they sit down next to but, a burned-down building. But keep in mind, sorry, no good. Uh, before they are going to set up the bombs. Uh, Childs has been missing this entire time. Yeah, he kind of disappears. He disappears for a long yeah, time. Yeah, he's off doing his own So thing. does Nulls, though. But Nulls gets smirked, doesn't he? Maybe. Wait, who's Null? Oh, no, yeah, Nulls is missing. Yeah, he goes is, He goes t- towards whatever noise he hears, Nulls and then we don't is, ever see what happens Which one's Nulls? Nulls is the cook. He's, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the end of the movie, you see him walk, like, in a direction, but it's, we never see what happens. The guy in there with the skates? Yep, yeah. yep. And oh, it's yeah, after, does, uh, yeah. It's after Gary, who's the station manager... Okay. It's after Gary gets killed by Blair, which is Wolf of Brimley. Which, but also means Nalls could be in it too, you know? But yeah, you never see him. He could have been, yeah. Because he, he also has McCready's, uh, like, underwear. clothes. Underwear. Yeah. And uh, he's, he's the one who, like, presents it. So he could be, like, setting it up to... Because I feel like the way the thing operates is it throws other things o- under the boat. Yeah. To, uh, that way, like, the suspicions will be taken off of him. Yeah. Okay. So you could say that about McCready. Which is like Palmer, who uh, is kind of like the, the weed-smoking radio. Is he, He's not the radio operator, right? No, he's not. That's uh, Windows. Windows. Windows um, is a radio op. He's the... I don't know what he is. Uh, One second. To be honest, they never say what he I is. I think he's a nanny. Palmer... Okay, no. <laughs> Palmer's the assistant mechanic. Okay. So, yeah, there's a scene where McCready uh, gets locked out into the cold. And they yeah. all have like the flamethrowers trained on the door as he's trying to get in. And yeah. Palmer's trying to convince everybody to like blow McCready away. So it's yeah. like the whole thing of throwing people under the bus. Yeah. And, create, and Palmer yeah. turns out, and like two scenes later, Palmer yeah. turns out to be the thing. Yeah. Cause he's been with him the entire time. You never see him go off alone. So he's already the thing at this point. Yeah. So, so I think like it's not like 
trying to join forces and kill everybody. I think it's trying to find it's ways to hide out yeah. and leave. So, I mean, I, I think at a certain point, it turns into the dog, the hideout, and it's not going to infect anybody else. But as soon as they take off for the um, uh, Norwegian they base, find, they find the that's when the dogs like starts changing people in the camp because it's like, well, now, I, yeah. now I need I need an army because they're going to find out who I am. That's pretty cool. Okay, I didn't yeah. think about it that way. Yeah. yeah. Because I think at a, yeah, and that's what it is in, in the book. It's it's more of it's trying to find a way just to hide. And I think it's that's what to, makes this movie so impressive is like they never spoon feed you the motives. No. Of the antagonist. No. It's just completely. I mean, this what thirty six years now since yeah. this movie came out, we're still trying to figure out what what it's all about. Pretty much like the motivations and everything. And that's like with Blair even too, like building the ship and the ship. Yeah. At what point was he like transitioned into the thing? Because yeah. he's been the thing like almost the entire movie. I feel like. Yeah. Well, in the in the yeah, and they go back on the. I know I keep saying the book because I just read the book like a yeah, week ago. Yeah. Keep talking about it. Yeah. Uh, in the book, he like the the final iteration of the creature builds. Um, an anti-gravity ship to get oh. launched over to um, out of Antarctica. Okay, that's pretty. So cool. that's what that ship is, isn't it? Like, is it trying to leave Earth or is it trying to go to a more populated area? I think it's trying to go to a more populated area. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I like this. That would be actually kind of a cool remake of I don't know. It could be dumb, but uh, <laughs> it landing in like New York City. Yeah, and then you have this whole like or like a really yeah, and you, got, you take tough the, New Yorkers. They go out against the thing. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Or yeah. if you yep. take like, yeah, I, I like where you're going with this, right? And it it goes into like an apartment building, and then basically you have the movie Quarantine. The Thing in an apartment building in New York City, and they're like, we can't let this thing out. But then of you the got apartments, the apartment building. We have to. But keep then it you in. got that's kind of cool. Then okay. you got yeah, uh, the Spanish movie Record Rec. Yeah. And then you got the American Quarantine. Remake, uh, quarantine. Yeah, yeah that's kind of that's pretty it's much kind of like thing. yeah, I guess it's kind of like that. But, but I like this one better. This because one, yeah, because it's more it's his idea. This is Matt's yeah. idea. <laughs> but there's more talking, and it's like more like arguing, and yeah, like they're more afraid of. Uh, we they're, they're tr- in wreck and quarantine. They're trapped in there. They can't yeah. get out. Yeah, yeah. But like, what if they trap themselves in there to keep the thing in there? Sure. You know, I like okay, or idea. maybe like a top of skyscraper or something like that. Then you got Poltergeist three. That's probably that. <laughs> yeah. Cool, man. I'm so glad you're on this podcast. With us. <laughs> Killing yeah, our ideas. I think we're yeah we're missing a lot of movies where you got like uh, themes of like mistrust okay. and paranoia yeah. there's not a lot of these movies anymore no and it's it's to the point where they it is what like you watch this movie and what gets you through it is because you're like pointing fingers you start pointing fingers i mean yeah like, who's even who, to now like, we're like still trying to figure out like who is who at this point in the movie well, then, yeah. and we still even answered that yet yeah. as far as like who is who well i mean like what is happening at this ending I think it's Childs. You think it's Childs, Matt? What do you think? I think it's McCready. Childs, okay. uh, Childs has a different jacket on. Oh, I've yeah, okay, yeah, I've heard this. I didn't catch so it. yeah, there's a whole thing where like the doctor talks about how when the thing erupts, it basically yeah. tears through the clothing. Childs, before everybody leaves, has a blue jacket, blue parka on. Yeah. When he comes back, it's a beige, beige parka. It's really? A different, different coat entirely. Now there is a thing too that that gives it away. Uh, Dean Cundy did a um, a commentary on it. And he said that they were talking about him and Carpenter were talking about a, what if there's a subtle way of saying that somebody was the thing, like hinting at that, yeah. hinting at it, and it and he said it has something to do with the eyes. Yeah, because I think there's and a it, the whole there's a whole thing where every time you see the thing, there's like a sheen or like a light reflecting uh, kind of in the eye area. Okay, yeah, and that it was something like yeah, it was like that, and they said it's pretty obvious when you see a child. That's pretty at the cool. End. Well, I, I'm gonna give out props to uh, MoviePilot.com, and they Crackle. had. 
Yo, I did watch this movie on Crackle. Crackle, good job for having us up there. I appreciate it. <laughs> but no, moviepilot.com had an article on this, and they brought up some great points. One, they said this whole game, or this whole game, this whole movie is supposed to be referenced to chess at the beginning. Yeah. And, oh, okay. Big time. Yeah, and I was like, okay, I see that. I think it's really cool. I didn't really think about it before. And then they already gave two reasons why they said Childs is infected. One is because Childs is not, uh, you can't see his breath in the oh. at the end. Which I don't know if I'll, I saw it or not. Okay, I've seen this before. Yeah, yeah. If it and, cuts fast enough, you know. Like, yeah, I, well, you could clearly see Kurt Russell's breath in there. Yeah, he's breathing yeah. like heavily he, or whatever. Yeah. But um, the other one, which I think this one is awesome, and I feel like to me this explains why Childs is infected, is they're both sitting there, and he's got that last bottle. Yeah, Kurt Russell does. And so he filled a bunch up with gas for the cocktails. Yeah. Well, the theory is is that this is still gas, and when he offers it to Childs. Childs takes it, doesn't react, and that's why Kurt Russell gives that like smile Starts at him. laughing, kind of. Yeah, like See, like he knows he's infected because he just drank gasoline. He can't distinguish the it. taste or anything. Yeah, I like that idea. That's I think that's pretty cool. I'm okay. on board more than ever. Yep. I'm gonna argue and say it's McCready. <laughs> I just gave you solid facts. Just because okay. you want to say this one scene. I want to say this one thing. I've noticed it this time watching it. Okay. And there's a scene where McCready is talking on the radio. Or he's talking basically his like he's recording his, his recording his like memoirs. diary yeah and he's you know it's the and it's um he's by himself and right behind him there's a shot where there's the the door to his room and right at the end of the scene and you can watch it on your DVD whatever Blu-ray crackle.com crackle.com <laughs> the the door inches forward now you two I showed the scene to you two guys and you saw it right yeah, I saw it yeah. this door obviously moves it does but I feel and then it, it cuts to through. another shot and the, yeah. and we see outside the door and the door doesn't close all the way but the door the door is not moving anymore yeah now we we also thought like maybe this is a goof right or maybe they possibly shot a scene where McCready gets attacked right here and um, it was going to be in the movie, but they cut it. Like, to create the mystery even. Yeah, but this door moves. It does. It does, but it's, and it's, it's not a gust of wind. It moves, but it's very quick. You have another but what, immediately tag, tag to it. Yeah, there's my tag for it because it immediately follows after this scene where he's by himself, this door moves. Um, the other fade out or whatever. We got our, yeah, we got our fade out and we see the doctor which Fuchs. is Fuchs and McCready startles him. McCready's acting real weird. And then it's kind of like, for, it's kind of like talking like stone cold. Not yeah. S- not Steve Austin. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, but like, he's kind of just normal or monotone or whatever. Like he's being imitated. And what immediately follows is that the lights shut down. Somebody passes in front of Fuchs and he goes after him to chase him out into the cold. Now, and then what happens after this scene, Fuchs finds McCready's underwear out in the snow. Yeah. And uh, then when they go to look for Fuchs later, we are, and I'm sorry, and then it cuts immediately back to McCready, and McCready says, has anybody seen Fuchs? Yeah. And but it, it's, it's I, almost again. like McCready killed off Fuchs, and then they find his body later, and his body's burnt. Sure. So it's almost like Fuchs went out there to go chase McCready, who shut down the lights. McCready killed him. And then when we see McCready again, he makes it look like like he's. Why would McCready leave him in the first place? Like, why would he go get the light shut off and then come back and kill him? I think he wanted to like, lure him outside of the camp, outside of the building. Yeah, but why did he just come up to him? He was already there and be like, "Hey, come outside with me." Why does he have to like talk like, to him? Go away. Point, I, mean, I don't really agree with the this this theory that Matt has, but I'm gonna help him out with this because I think it's like. The assimilation to like kill or to basically take over somebody, yeah, it's kind of like messy. 
because every time you've seen like somebody get transitioned it's like very long so yeah. it's covered in straps messy or yeah. whatever so if, okay. he's, if he started assimilating fukes yeah then it'd be like extremely loud yeah like drawing attention it'd be extremely messy or somebody could catch him in the act he wants to get yeah. fukes away from that glass of acid that he's obviously That's another thing yeah scene because the McCready I mean, startles him and he grabs a uh i don't know what you call it's this. probably like a glass of, or a uh, beaker of acid yeah so that's like his defense mechanism. So he wants to get him away from that, attack him outside. Okay. Um, but what I feel like further backs up McCready's. Okay, he does the blood test later on, but yeah. we never see McCready cut his finger and pour blood into a petri dish. But he does try out his his own petri dish. Yeah, it's fine. And um, there's a scene before that with Blair and the are the the key getting lost and then the blood being sabotaged. So he yeah. Got, yeah. And then also, um, when we see close-ups of McCready's hands, which we see right during yeah, the two hands, scenes, yeah, both hands, no cuts, no band-aids, like nothing. Cotton holding the cut or anything, nothing. So. And I think though, at the end, why he smiles is because he you. drinks the scotch and he gives it to um, Childs. Childs, and he's also the one who blows up the entire place. It's his plan to blow up the entire place so he can freeze and become. Yeah, so he can basically take everybody out and he can go out and freeze. He tells all the guys, he's like, guys, he's like, we're not going to live through this. And maybe it's his, the thing's defense mechanism of hiding out in the cold. Sure. And um, freezing. I like it. And maybe, and now I'm going to say this, I think we're both right. And I think when, when Child shows up, he knows that Child's is the thing too. And then they like combine into morphing time. Yeah. It's morphing, morphing time. time. <laughs> <laughs> But like maybe they're both it, and that's he either laughs at that or he laughs at because he just gave him scotch, and yeah. now he's now let's celebrate by yeah. freezing, and yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, that's what I like about this movie. There's no, got valid there's, points. There's guys. no definitive answer to this movie. I do want to say there's two things. One, when I t- I typed in on my phone, what is Kurt Russell drinking in the thing, and it was scotch. Yeah, obviously, and it took me to a website called ScotchCinema.com. I guess it's all movies that have scotch scenes in them. Oh, that's kind of cool. cool. Yeah, I thought that was pretty neat. Yeah. Um, but my second thing was, I feel like, well, I actually got three. So this, <laughs> the second get on thing, with it. <laughs> so would that be a possibility of both them being the thing, but not is the yeah. thing one thing? No, and that's it the thing. It off. I one 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 particle is able to assimilate into uh, a different entity, basically. It metastasizes, basically. Okay, so does it like, know when it's? Like looking at another thing. See, okay, now, that's the, also the thing. Yeah. It's like thing. <laughs> it does though. Yeah. I think it does because I don't think it does. Well, Palmer, when he gets the blood test, that's our giveaway. Is that when Palmer's blood gets tested? Yeah, Palmer starts freaking out, and it's almost like he's because Palmer knows that they're all going to go after him because his blood just reacted. Sure. So it's like that's the moment that Palmer decides to you yeah. Know, thing out i just don't think we have enough information to know it's all just and that's what's so cool about this yeah movie. it's very yeah. vague but very because the thing is so like uh or the alien or whatever is so complex even by the end of this movie we have no idea how what it what it's all about well i feel like the only thing we actually learn from like talking about this and like dissecting it is that we all really like zach efron and, <laughs> and we, i did not agree to this and you, you said you were the one who's you were the one who started this conversation of Zac Efron being a very good actor. Oh, yeah. I just, yeah. I just yeah. didn't think he's going to be the role for the And if he though. smokes oh, yeah. cigarettes and in the next 10 years, he he's can play Snake Plissken. Super cool. <laughs> yeah. Now, for future podcasts, do we want to touch the prequel? I feel like we should. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to end up seeing it. 
I almost think I want to do a future podcast episode on the Carpenter remakes. Okay. Because there's been has been Halloween, The Fog, Assault on Precinct 13, and The Thing. So you want to watch all these movies for one podcast? Assault on no. Precinct 13, <laughs> I think, is a pretty solid remake. I, I, I used to have okay. an Assault on Precinct 13 hoodie that I got from the movie theaters. Yeah, it was Ethan Hawke was on it. Cool. I yeah. like but that. it was this picture from um, the beginning of the Explorers. movie where he's a crack addict. And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is he really in that movie? Yeah, in the beginning. When he's, remember, he's faking a crack. Don't faking, remember this yeah. one. <laughs> Don't remember this part. It's kind of a cool opening scene. Yeah, he's undercover. Yeah, he's undercover cool but no on a last note mondo recently put out a board game of the thing i have yet to play it but uh, matt and hanta both played it is this right yeah, yeah. i own it it's called infection at outpost 31 okay and it's basically like a board game version of this movie because it all right. has all the characters and all the the alien creatures what do you guys think it's fun it's a social deduction game so wait it's a what a social deduction game? what's that mean means that somebody at the table is a, a particular thing and everybody has to find who that particular thing okay. is. So everyone's arguing it. So it's, this kind of game is perfect for this kind of movie. Try to touch upon this briefly because the game took a very long time to play. Did it? Yeah. Uh, but that's only because it's kind of complex. How long did it take to play? Maybe probably an hour and a half. Hour and a half. Well, that's not horrible. But we did stop for probably a full 10 minutes trying to figure out directions, like, directions and stuff. Okay. Yeah. But I will start off. I was the captain at the very beginning oh you're the captain now i was the captain now and i was human from the very start okay and uh we actually successfully cleared the because there's like basically three tiers of the out the outpost okay and you have to find the thing and one item from one of the rooms in the first tier and then vice you know so on and so on until you actually are able to escape so i was the captain in the beginning and then we successfully cleared the first tier and then by the second area of the outpost, I became infected, but nobody knew up until the very last area, or very last part of the game. Now, was the ending, was it rewarding? I feel like it was my reaction. Yeah, because actually, I was the thing from the get-go. So I was the first infected person, so I had to like basically spoil everybody's plans on succeeding. Yeah. And uh, they found me out pretty quickly. Like, Mandy, with, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, within like the first... like. Uh, half an hour of that game everybody knew it was me and like, got, I can't stop smiling yeah and then he got yeah that was the most difficult part is keeping a keeping a straight face the entire time that's why you should have a rule before you start playing like everybody smile the entire game so, so you know yeah but it, it was a fun game I liked it Um, I would definitely play it again it's one of those games where you have to play it first it's to gonna get be the instructions it's gonna be a couple times start with a, a small group the, the minimum amount of people first yeah so nobody's like waiting around because there were definitely people waiting around while we we're trying to figure it out okay House on the Hill was the same way for us Um, oh the, the board game yeah. yeah we were trying to figure out how to begin and uh, it's kind of like um, Betrayal at House on the Hill where me and Chris actually played that with a group and it was, it was like an hour and a half game, and we basically had to figure out how to play it yeah. for the first time. And that's usually how most games work, but I feel like the way you're making it sound like this thing had a lot of like dissecting to do. Yeah, but I think if we play it a second time, it will go a lot smoother the second yeah. time around. Because we started getting the hang of it towards the end, and that actually got really fun. Because I was totally messing with everybody as the infected. Yeah. I was totally like playing the right cards. Because yeah. you can play cards that will like, sabotage like the group in a like when you're rolling the dice and stuff so i like was asking people like what cards they need and i was like giving them the right cards until the very end where i completely blew it basically really because like i asked uh our buddy what card he needed and i told him i had a plus three which is the highest card 
but I gave him a sabotage card. <laughs> and nobody had a plus three. Nobody had a plus three. Actually, so it was obvious. I, see, that... So if I said if I had a plus one or plus two, there's like enough cards in there to throw, throw it off. But the fact that I said I had a plus three, people called me out and it turned out it was a thing, basically. Yeah. Okay. I kind of follow it. But yeah. it was nice because then everybody thought Haunta was the thing, the real thing. And I was able to get on the helicopter at the end and win. No, so. it's cool. No, we lost. Oh, yeah, no, we lost. yeah, you lost, but I won. Yeah, that's yeah. the point. Yeah, that's all that matters. Yeah. I won too, technically. Um, that was the thing. But uh, no, actually, it's been there's been a couple cool releases. We had the record get released by Waxwork this yeah. year, and then we also got the new 2K scan version of the thing get released by Shout Factory. Okay. Which I want to say thank you, Shout Factory, for releasing an ultimate edition of this movie and showing me that copper. Had an actual uh, nose ring. I can't believe you movie. didn't know this. I've, I did not know. I know nose nose ring. I've always either. noticed the nose. I didn't know it was like a nose ring, but I always noticed something there. I always thought it was like a glare, like a cold glare. Oh, okay, like it was like snot like from cold, his nose. Like a cold, like cold sore. They put sweat. Yeah, on like his a herpes sore. And like, <laughs> can you cover this in makeup? Like, no time. Yeah, no time. We gotta go. <laughs> but thanks to this 2K scan, I was able. to I was notice surprised about that. Yeah, because I always knew something was like there. Yeah. Probably like until when I watched it like in the ten years ago. Yeah. Like revisiting after, because I saw it when I was a kid for the first time. I've never noticed this. This blew my mind. I That's was awesome. like, they let him wear this during the movie. Yeah, he was the, he was the cool guy, man. <laughs> it's so out of like. He's character. like old, but he's still hit to it. Yeah, this movie did look very good. I watched this. Oh, on, it's uh, excellent. Um, soul. I watched it on one of those 4K TVs. Oh, and the transfer was very nice. Yeah. I used to very watch impressed. it on videotape, and and also like, I want to uh, to bring this up real quick. There's a TV version of this movie where there's uh, a narration. And okay. it talks about all the characters' pasts cool. in the narration. And like, this is McCready. He's, I remember you talking about this. Yeah. Huh? Does it suck? It's it's kind of a cool watch. Okay. Um, for the first time, if you ever see it. But it talks about like McCready's a, like this is McCready. He's a helicopter pilot. He did this many years. Who's the narrator? Home. Just a, some random narrator. Okay. But it's really interesting. It, and actually, it's on the Shout Factory release. Maybe so. I'll pick it up because uh, cool. I like to see what a real two K. Uh, version of a movie re- restoration yeah. movie it looks like because I bought the pit for us and we caught it on our sister podcast and that was definitely not 2k no no it was not it was like you just spent 2k on that movie oh yeah I felt like it after my <laughs> got him I, I looked at my wall I was like my 2k <laughs> it's gone alright well that's gonna wrap up this week's topic of conversation on The Thing directed by John Carpenter we had a really good time yeah it's um, fun Kind of a passion movie of ours. Oh yeah, this is a it's this Carpenter's is, masterpiece. This is a masterpiece just as a whole. It's not only John Carpenter's masterpiece. I think it's a masterpiece of like filmmaking. Yeah, it's better than Halloween. Oh, oh, by far, one hundred percent. You know what? The older I get, and I don't want to drag on the conversation, but the, the older I the get, the same age. <laughs> well, I feel like John Carpenter's <laughs> movies. The more I watch them, the more like Halloween gets towards the bottom. Oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah. We Which is about weird because uh... Halloween was the reason I got in the Carpenter. Yeah. And now like it's kind of China was the first movie I watched. Really? Yeah. But that we talked about that in the, um, just the good side side or side, uh, go off topic just a little bit when we did our John Carpenter episode. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, for, Cin- for cinema. Cult. I, no, it was for, it was for this. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, we just did it a couple weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you mean that? Okay, we did an, an actual John Carpenter retrospect on, on Day Live. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, we on did they on live. our sister podcast. We did uh, our hot cousin podcast. Yeah, our hot, hot kissing cousin podcast. <laughs> uh, we did Christine, but uh, the John Carpenter episode where we went and saw him live, I think we talked about, I think I talked about how uh, people were filming during the show. Yeah. And how it was like when the Halloween theme came on. That was like the the where all the cameras were up. It's like, yeah, guys. It is his, his best theme. It's, and it's a good. got on stage that guys, he's like, the thing is way better than Halloween. Oh, They're like, get off the stage. 
absurd. I'm sure, dude. I have this board game right here. Yeah, you guys want to play it? <laughs> you you guys play? are all losers. But yeah, Halloween, good, not the best. Oh, yeah, this is definitely his masterpiece. Yeah. But again, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Please rate us and review us on any social media platform. Um, iTunes, Facebook, send us a message of something you'd like to hear us cover. We'll do anything from movies, literature, toys, video games. Let us know. We'll do it. I'm Chris. I'm Matt. And I'm Honto. And thank you for joining us on The Dark House in the Hill. Thank you.